MLB, but uh, Not yet. I, thought I, I thought I'd throw that in there because, you know, hey, you know, maybe one day, maybe it's, one day. It's not because we're out of practice that we're screwing this up already. Um, it's uh, We've done this. This is our third attempt to get this damn podcast out or show out. Uh, some technical difficulties we've run into. Um, but we're doing this to get a little bit better sound for the people. We, we want to make this a better better experience for the people. So you better enjoy it. Yeah, I mean. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. This whole uh, experience, what I'm referring to as the blackout of 2020, <laughs> um, some of you may have attempted to uh, tune in and uh, witness what was uh, a black blackout screen for 50 plus minutes. I mean, we really put we waited uh, three weeks for a show for the new year. We really really, really gave it our all. I mean, we were sweating by the end of it. 50 freaking minutes. I mean, that is like that. That's unheard of for us. It will always be the greatest show of all time. And you wouldn't believe the shit we were pulling. And it just, it's gone. It's gone forever. But yeah, I mean, it was, we were waxing, we were waxing poetic about baseball and what happens? It's a blackout, 2020 blackout. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. unfucking believable. (laughs) And like Smitty said, we uh, we've attempted this now. This is this is the third time. Uh, I have uh, some confirmation. I do see a video on Facebook, uh, but I think my uh, signals are fighting, so I think we're good here. Yeah, shut that so, down. Um, so I've shut this <clears throat> down now. After a long uh, pontification of. of <laughs> some real white man struggles we're having back to first world <laughs> problems. Uh, <laughs> um, we're going to get into some baseball and uh, I get, I'm leading off today. You know why? Cause I'm, my team is, 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 is since 2006, really maybe 2007, even maybe, maybe I could go as far as 2008, but I think, didn't they both make the playoffs that I'm trying to remember. Wasn't there a year they both were in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The blackout game or for, for the White Sox. I mean, speaking of blackouts. Yeah, speaking of blackouts. I mean, we are the, we are the bell of the, the ball. They're, the Sun Times did their, their second, their decade article, as Smitty pointed out after I posted it on our Facebook page of, is this a, is this a Sox town now? Is this turned into Sox town? Um, I don't think that'll ever happen. Uh, as, uh, as one of our loyal fans pointed out real, real quickly on, on, on the post I did, he said, you know, turnstiles is, is what makes it your town or not. And the Cubs will always have more turnstiles than the White Sox. Right. And I believe that. I mean, it's a fun, hey, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try to make it out of something that's not. It's fun to go to Wrigley Field. But also, I think Smitty will say it's, it's fun to go to U.S. Cellular Field now. They got a, a lot, uh, lot going food, for them. They, food what? and beverage is much better. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, guaranteed rate. Excuse me. I apologize. Is that what it's still but, called? They haven't changed yeah. that yet. No, no, not yet. Well, uh, no sponsors come in to sweep them off of their feet for the almighty dollar. But let's get it. Let's get into uh, the White Sox this off season, and then uh, a little bit of Sox Fest, which Sox Fest can lead us into so many different directions. Uh, I um, mean, the parade because of based- some comments that remain. Your, but, the parade uh, basically you, started this weekend at Sox Fest. My goodness, the the positivity on the South Side. I've no, I don't think I've ever seen this. 
I know this is gonna be this is gonna be the weirdest conversation. This is uh, this is like opposite. This is like opposite day. <laughs> it totally <here>. is <laughs> because because when we switch over to the Cubs right after I'm done, you're gonna, gonna think be... that Smitty was talking about the White Sox uh, convention, yeah. and I'm talking. Smitty's Cubs Fest is 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 like White Sox Fest last year. Well, maybe not last year because there was yeah. that start to build of optimism, but at least two years ago, not that far removed. And my, my, mine is all about like cupcakes and rainbows, man. <laughs> hey, peace and love, baby. But let's get, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. The Sox, um, look, decided they were going to make that leap this offseason after playing coy and losing out on some uh, folks at the beginning of it, like Zach Wheeler. Would have been a great addition to the pitching staff. Uh, falling short on on um, the the Garrett the big Cole names. sweepstakes. Yeah, I mean the, the big big names or Strasburg. Strasburg Even though you have the cash. Yeah, Strasburg. I understand though. I probably I would yeah. stay in the same city. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going he's, anywhere. He's he's set. He's set there. It, I, so, I gave you guys. I gave you guys all, shit about that. Uh, I gave weeding, you guys. But, but now divorced, you know, uh, hey, you know, I get like his wife wanted to live uh, in a certain area. So and Chicago was not on her shortlist, apparently. So anyway, whatever. But I was at a point where I thought, hey, our big moves were going to be Gio Gonzalez and uh, <laughs> Nomar, uh, Nomar uh, Mazzara. Mazzara, a.k.a. Nick Castellanos's uh, twin. According to Fangrass, but we can get into oh, that in a minute. Man. But anyway, so the Please. White Sox then decided they got a second level pitcher in Dallas Keuchel, but still a good addition to a staff that needs a, a good solid veteran, not like a, a James Shields type of veteran who's ineffective, but trying to teach kids how to pitch. That's not good. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was a solid move. Then they added Edwin Encarnacion. And then, of course, there was Yasmandi Grandel earlier, who recently, I mean, we, this would not have been on the original, the original uh, attempted broadcast of this, was named the number one ranked catcher in the steamer list from MLB. So uh, that was uh, interesting to see. I'm not sure I agree with that, but <laughs> he, he was. So maybe he was, uh, I mean, he does, he's decent defensively, but that must have been for offensive reasons. I don't know. Um, but if you look at the White Sox and then you compare them to the the Twins, um, the Sox have eight players projected right now to hit over 20 home runs, which is exactly what the Twins did last year. So offensively, uh, they match up with them pretty well in the division. The thing is, and and we we touched upon this in our original attempt to do this, uh, you know, the Sox are not going to make up. 20 games or 30 games is I think what they need to make up to catch the twins. If the twins pay play at the same pace as last year. So, um, you know, that, um, that in itself is, is a huge undertaking. So the twins would have to come back down to earth and the Sox would have to make one of those like hub like strides and a few other Astros and a few other teams did it. So if, if it's the Astros, they may have to steal signs all year. Thankfully they have Dallas Keuchel who admitted he was part of it, so they'll know what to do. So it'll be great, um, you know. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, yeah. So offensively, like I think the Sox are set. Um, adding some more, but you know where I get worried about the Sox is 
uh, is pitching. And when you look at the pitching staff, the starting pitching staff, um, there's question marks, right? You, what is Dylan Cease going to be this year? You know, if it's, if it's just a normal stride forward, then, you know, he's an okay four or five guy. But then you've got Gio Gonzalez, who's definitely five, I would think. Maybe you give him four for veteran status. You got the mysterious Ronaldo Lopez. Two years ago, he was the sort of like the Lucas Giolito of the staff, not that dominant as Lucas was last year, but he was a really solid pitcher. And then he completely fell off the table. He had like a three-week gl- glorious run. And then, and then was, was pretty crappy. So then you got Lucas Giolito as your oh ace and Dallas Keuchel as your, as your, as your uh, number two. So like, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's no regression stats uh, predicted on, on Giolito. So it would, you would say he's going to have over 200 strikeouts and have a similar year to last year. That's fine then. Um, but like, I get sad when I look at, Garrett Cole, who if we just get into like some some metrics, his his FIP is is three point one, and you know Lucas's is like four point two seven. So you know the Sox just don't have those numbers, those projected numbers that put their staff <clears throat> into elite status. So well, and that that gets to my my overarching question for the White Sox in general, I, I understand you have plenty of reason to be optimistic. There's the, and you do sound a bit optimistic right now. <laughs> oh, oh I'm optimistic. I mean, I think, I, I think, I think they're, they're, they the, have a legit, they're going to be playoff contenders. So absolutely. I, and I think the Minnesota is definitely due for some, for some regression considering they came out of nowhere and won a hundred games, hundred plus games, I think. But, um, my question is, and I like yeah, I like a lot of your signings. Obviously, there's nothing not to like about the Grandal. Well, a little bit. We brought that up last time, but uh, you know, one year deal. Any there's no bad one year deals, as the old saying goes. And Encarnacion is certainly not a bad way to go for one year. Um, Dallas Keuchel, solid, you know, middle of the rotation pitcher. That's just great. But you know, I thought we identified. I guess my question is, what what is the Sox strategy? You know, I thought it was pretty clear we identified, and it's pretty clear to anybody that their their main places of weakness going into the off season were front of the rotation starter, bullpen, corner outfielder, and instead you guys got a catcher, you know, elite catcher. That's awesome, but that was a position of strength. I thought, you know, you had some depth there. You got an elite first base DH, which I thought that was a position of strength and depth for you. You got Nomar Mazzara to cover, you know, right field. Who is equally as good as Nick Castellanos, according to Fangrass. Yeah, so, I think. I, for, for, <laughs> for 2020. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I'm still baffled by that. I, I mean, I'm not even going to bother addressing 1. that 1.5 war, 1.4 war. I mean, what is well, it good for? The 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 interesting thing, a little bit of research I did till you, I did after you sprung that on me in the previous attempt to do this podcast. The only thing I came up with was that would double Mazzara's career WAR if he has a one point if he has a one point five WAR this year. His career WAR right now in four years is one point five, so that'd there be quite go. a step up. There you, uh, go. you could you could cite ballpark factors, but he just he's coming from Texas, like that's. It's not like that's a, a pitcher friendly ballpark. So I'm, true, I'm, true that. I'm, I'm wondering where, what, 
Maybe they think he's taking that leap this year because he's 24. I don't know. Possible. I'm just wondering where the where the address of that Fangraphs writer is if it's 35th maybe, and Shield. Maybe <laughs> I told you his name is his name is uh, it's it's actually Hick Ron instead of Rick Han. It's Hick Ron. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I missed that completely. Let me spell that out for you. <laughs> Now, now it's Got funny. It. <laughs> hey, everyone listening at home, if you yeah. take the H from oh Han and put it in front of, I'm kidding. Um, but so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like. There's nothing on the surface that would be. Uh, these are these no, are great I, signings, I, but I, I just, kinda, I kind of don't get the strategy. What, I, what, well, what I, are you? No, I, I think, I think the strategy turned into. Okay, I mean based on what's out there and then based on what's going to be available next year. Yeah. They lost out of the, they, they really wanted Garrett. They wanted Cole Strasburg and Wheeler. They probably wanted, they could have easily gotten I never, Wheeler I never, and, and, uh, Keiko. uh, Cole and Strasburg, like one of what, you know, those two, two, two out of the three, they had the money. It didn't well, happen. It didn't work out. I mean, the right? the money I never heard them in and maybe they rumors. never were really in on Garrett Cole. I, don't I think, think you're they about were. to say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just that it's just that they had the money to sign them, so they could have um, technically. But um, we'll just say Stras. We'll just even say they lost out on Strasburg and Wheeler, right? Um, so that being said, you you had to then go to the and and luckily, thankfully, there was like a, a plan B because. Like normally, like I always feel like there's a plan A and when the plan A doesn't go their way, then it's like, oh, all right, well, you know, we've got this, these guys and we're going to just go with what we have and whoop-de-doo. Oh, it's a very different, very different White Sox for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I I'm think. trying to rain on your get, parade, but you have, you definitely have reason to be optimistic. Yeah, no, no. And I, 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 <clears throat> I think if, if you look at. And even just, let's just throw, let's just throw like, well, I mean, if you look at projections, if you look at history, I would rather have Nick Castellanos in, um, right field than the Nomar Mazzara, despite his upside. Cause there's upside, there's upside. Castellanos has been a very consistent player. So you kind of know what you're going to get. I think there's this mystery for Mazzara that like, what can he be, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Can the I... White Sox type into that potential. So he's like a he's like a low risk because there's yeah. going to be I, I, I can't remember I can't remember the list right now. I don't have that the the stuff written out, but I remember a few podcasts ago I had talked like the Sox looking at players over a two year span. And I know there's good corner outfielders that are going to be available next year, as well as some decent frontline starting pitching. So yeah. so you know, there, there's going to be options there. They don't, it's not like they have to win this year or it's like bust, right? It's not like the city, it's not like they're running out of time, like on, on the north side. <laughs> they're, they're running, they're, they're running with time right now, which is kind of nice. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic. I think they'll be fun to watch this year. I think they'll, they're going to be in a lot more games and, um, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good time out of the old ballpark uh, this got, year. I look forward the, to every Sox 
Tigers matchup this year. It's going to be great for the White Sox fans. Um, we forgot to mention that you picked up Steve Shishak, Shishak to yeah, that, uh, nail down it, the middle it, innings. Well, no, and that was the other. That's the other thing. I mean, it was noted early, like this class of free agent uh, relievers. The Sox are, are still better off. Most teams are better off of trying to do some sort of trade for a middle reliever yeah. than what was available in the free agent class. Uh, Again, feel- next year, there's, 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 there's going to be some, you know, some guys out there to go after. So I just feel yeah. bad. I just feel bad for you picking up CSEC after Joe Madden completely ruined his arm for. He only pitched 85 innings. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't sound anything, doesn't sound anything like a, a real famous closer who's in New York now or anything. It he was, sound anything like that at all. He was basically crying on his way out to the mound for the last five starts. <laughs> it was just, it was just awful. I felt bad for him. So he was crying for so many reasons on those last <laughs> yeah. five starts of the season. <laughs> hey, by the way, I, I told I told you I was going to have this before you went on the air. I'm wearing a White Sox Aerosmith shirt. Ugh. I'm wearing this in honor of one of the worst Grammy performances in the history of the Grammys. Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, just go fade off into the sunset. Just get off the fucking stage. The only thing that saved it was the Run DMC showing up. Well, nice. DMC showing up, Run's dead. But uh, Reverend Run's dead. But uh, um, yeah. Moment of silence so, for Run. Thank you. All right. Um, and then Sox Fest, uh, real quick. Uh, it, was, it was just lots of laughs and lots of happy Sox fans. I don't say that a lot. Um, one of the, one of the funniest, there's, there's two interesting things that came out of Sox Fest. Um, this one's really funny. Um, Vaughn said when he comes up, he wants to wear 99 in honor of Rick Vaughn from major league. So I think that's awesome that he's going to wear 99 uh, on the White Sox roster. That's pretty, that's some funny shit. Um, but the, the stealing signs saga continued. Um, at White Sox Fest and, uh, Keiko pretty much, you know, talked in a lot of circles. Yeah. Uh, uh, he would, he would make a comment that would seem like he regretted, you know, like being part of it and then say in the next breath, I mean, we're still really surprised at what, how much of a big deal this was. Yeah. He, he literally apologized. He said the words, I'm sorry, like three or yeah. four times. So, and then, but then in the next sentence, he would say, pretty much allude to, well, all the other playoff teams are doing the same thing, which is, that's a really interesting point. Cause I think he kind of wanted to get that out there that, you know, all we've heard about is the Astros and subsequently the Red Sox. But I think what he's implying and what we, everyone should be, should not be surprised by at all is oh, I, this scandal yeah. goes, there's no way the Astros were the only team doing this shit. Like this, this is happening everywhere. And they're the ones that just got called on it. They're the ones that did it the best in 2017. Um, yeah, I think it, I thought it was interesting. I mean, do though, you that... th- you... What's up? Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Just, go ahead. I just thought it was interesting that you were saying... he, he had to bring it up, but I think this is going to keep. You know, it had to be. You know, he was asked the question, and he was, had his company line of apologizing, but he had to throw in the caveats out there that other people are doing it and whatever. But I think this is just we're just scratching the surface of what this scandal really is. Yeah. Um, and, and it goes back, you know, I mean, are, should we just, uh, 
should we just deal with, should we talk about this now? Yeah, we were going to yeah, talk go about ahead. It. Let's just wait. We'll talk about this now and then, then we'll talk about the Cubs, but, um, you know, it's, it's, who, who not wants to hear some, about the Cubs? Uh, I do. I do. <laughs> I, I've, I have some, some pontification for the Cubs segment. Um, so, uh, so, so the, the fact of the matter is, and, and, and we were talking about this, uh, Everyone steals signs. It's, it's the level the Astros went to and possibly the Red Sox and the Yankees and whomever went to, to do it. And, and, and they, they, they specifically broke an MLB rule. There's no MLB rule that says you can't steal signs and MLB rule that says you can't use you know, electronic equipment. Yeah. Technology right. to aid you. So it was the level they went to. Um, the, the teams, the comments that, I found interesting out of uh, Sox Fest by some of the White Sox players is, uh, and it may, I, I, I think it was Yasmandi Grandal who said, I'd rather, I'd rather know that I was playing against someone on steroids than a team that's stealing signs. Yeah. I've heard a lot um, of pitchers say that same thing, actually. Um, yeah. And, and to me, <laughs> right away, like, I think that statement in itself is something we've also talked about on here. The fact that steroids is in baseball still. So yeah. like, I think they know they're playing against people on steroids. Shit. He might be on steroids. That may have been why he said it, you know? So, <laughs> um, but I also think like that also shouldn't get a pass. Cause now that's considered cheating when Barry Bonds and Sosa and McGuire did it they didn't do anything wrong within the rules of baseball. That's what's, that's what's funny. And that's what nobody ever talks about is like, no, not, not that it's right, but literally there was no, no MLB rule on the books until 2005, 2000, whenever that was 2004, when, um, no, it was 2005 when, uh, they went to Congress and finally that right. forced Bud Seelig's hand into actually making a rule against steroids that did not, it did not exist before. So when you talk about people cheating, technically, uh, technically they were not cheating in, throughout the steroids I, era. I, I mean, I don't even think it's technical. They were not cheating. <laughs> they not not that we're I condoning mean, it or anything like that. No, but I'm not. I'm letter not of the law. I, I'm saying I'm saying like this, and and the way that it was presented by several of the players, or it was presented by it was Mike Schmidt who said it. Mike Schmidt said, "You get paid based on." Uh, cause he was interviewed about it. You, you get paid based on your performance on the field. He's like, if steroids was a thing when I was playing baseball, yeah, I would have taken steroids cause it wasn't against the rules because I would have made a big, I would have made more money. I would have gotten a bigger, bigger contract to take care of my family. Yeah. So like that just make, that just makes Bud Selig the most culpable for the oh, whole, yeah. the he's, whole he's steroid like thing. One of the worst. He's guy is, is he the worst? I, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty awful. It, like I, it's, it's hard to argue. I mean, it's hard to go against him when, you know, revenues. Those that, then that's skyrocketed. The thing, right? Yeah. Right. So many cool things happened to, you know, with the wild expansion of the wild card, you know, yeah. expansion of teams. Like there's so many positive things that happened, but just had his head in the sand purposely for the whole steroids thing. And, I don't know, but I guess so that gets to the discussion of degrees of cheating or degrees of, you know, outrage against, you know, or punishment that should happen. And so far, the only punishments that have come across are for the Astros, uh, just like from MLB, 
the actual punishment, you know, was a what five million dollar fine, a year suspension for the manager and the general manager. And I forgot about this. Uh, they lost their f- two first round picks, their next two first round picks, and their next two second round picks. Yeah, I mean, which that that's yeah. that that's getting that's starting to get in the realm of severe. Where I think it, I think that might be a big enough deterrent to teams. Um, if it was just a you know a fine and you know, a suspension, which led to, led to firings, mind you. But when you start taking away draft picks and that many top draft picks from an organization, I think, I think that's going to curtail it, which is, you know, I could be naive about that, but I, I, I like that side of it at least. At first I thought it was way too lenient. Like yeah, everyone's going to put up, you know, they'll put up with whatever little punishment that was, but draft draft picks are like the biggest currency as we've seen over over the yeah. last, you know, five years at least, how how guarded? I mean, we're, I, yeah, I mean, we're like draft pick city here. I mean, that's all we've seen. You, we've watched it with the Cubs, and now we're we watched it with the White Sox. Like it was all about like guess who's next? Draft picks. Detroit Tigers gonna uh, have the, the, sec- the first the Giants first pick in the, first pick in the draft. Giants? Detroit Tigers will have the first pick uh, in the draft for the second year in a row. The problem is when they they're gonna their their clock's gonna run out because Avila's gonna be asleep when he's supposed to be making the pick. That he's is my be... biggest. That is my biggest fear. Wait, hold on. Not not he won't be. He'll be like this. <laughs> yeah, he does. For those of you listening on the podcast, you can't see that. Sorry, but uh, it was the best El Avila imitation you'll you'll ever <laughs> you'll ever see. Sleepy sleepy Labeef. Um. So yeah. So uh, you know. I think while I don't think we've we've heard the last of it, I don't think we're going to see any more um penalties come out for this though. Mm, I don't think I, that, boy. Do you think, I don't I, I don't Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more. I think I you think, think you think like the the Red Sox are going to get slapped now and, and I think the Red Sox else Yeah, I think the Red Sox will for sure cuz the only thing that's happened to them is they fired they fired their manager preemptively. They didn't get it I don't think they've had any punishment for heading down from Major League Baseball yet. So, well, they but they haven't officially been confirmed though either. Well, I think it's this speculation. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. So, I mean, it's whether whether they can get that evidence, which I don't think it's going to be too difficult to do. But I'm pretty sure the cop in the bullpen destroyed everything. So that's that... some of a bitch. I hate that guy. <laughs> oh, I should never. I, those are that's one of the ones I'm not. You've got to all. Bring up. Yeah, you've got all sorts of things you should never bring up. But <laughs> but yeah, I think Marco thing, Scudero. This is. I'm not even acknowledging that. But I think this is this is reckless. Here, here we go for reckless reckless speculation portion of the podcast but i think it's interesting you haven't heard a whole lot from the dodgers you've heard something from their city council demanding that major league baseball make the last two make the dodgers like the uh the world champions of the last two years because the the honorary yeah (laughs) um but you you haven't heard a whole lot from the dodgers you haven't heard a whole lot from anybody really well well, Um, you know why though right well, I'm speculating that they're they're cheating just as much as everybody no, else. There so they're not a, gonna... there, no, MLB made that mandate right after it got released that no team was allowed to comment on anything. No, they yeah, literally, that's... they literally, which I thought was crazy. They literally said, "You are not. No major league baseball team is allowed to like comment." Um, like no organization is allowed 
to make a comment about what has occurred here? I guess I'd have to read that. Um, yeah, read. It was. I mean, it was a big. I I read. Why, it was in shock. I guess part of it is why would anyone say it? This is where my get. I get reckless, and I'm just. Well, drawing, I think they wanted to dots. immediately. No, no, no. I'm saying. Why, hold on, hold on. Why would anyone? Why would the Dodgers even say anything? I think everyone's just going to be going to shut the hell up, no matter what. I don't think Major League Baseball needed to say anything, but uh, that leads me into another direction where Major League Baseball would say that just to make sure. Because they're trying to sweep this under the rug as fast as they can. They want the. I mean, this is the worst thing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, I. It's just. It's gross, and I. All of it's gross. Um. I. I just think there's so much out there that we, we're never going to know about, or hopefully we will finally learn about. But it's it's going to be unpleasant for a while to come. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as long as as long as. It, as long as anyone who is caught gets the exact same, um, like everything happens the same, right? I, I mean, what the Red Sox situation is unique because maybe they are anticipating that, so you fire Cora anyway, so now their manager won't be suspended. Well, then they, yeah, they, they can still go after the draft picks and after the general manager. Actually, yeah, right. No, but, they can't go after the general manager because he was fired yes. last year. So, so, Dave yeah, so, so, and yeah, so, I mean, the, the Red Sox get a pass on two of those things just from, um, updates to their staff. Well, that's but the thing. They can't get saying. a pass if they, if they get found out somehow with concrete evidence. No, no, but I think the draft picks, I think like you gotta, you gotta keep the fine and the draft picks. And if it's the same manager and the same GM, I think all of it has to be the same. That's yeah. and then then that's where I worry. I, not, I don't know that I worry about it, but that's where I wonder: like, is that what's going to happen? Right? Because yeah. if that doesn't happen, then it's why even bother? I, I, use, I, use, I don't use see why I wouldn't. I mean, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they go as hard after the uh, Red I, Sox as they would against yeah, everybody I else? I mean, yeah. no, I, I, I don't. Know. I don't think you have to worry about that. Don't, don't, don't lose any sleep. I think, I think they'll, I think they'll take care of it if they find. You know, that, that is not going to make me lose sleep. It really isn't. Uh, speaking of more unpleasantness and like, losing sleep, uh, I'd like to. I got a crazy idea. We're going to transition like, to the Cubs now. Uh, yeah, can you let me transition to the Cubs? Can you stop for a second? <laughs> No, I've, cup, I've been waiting. Please. I've been waiting for this for like. Oh my god! Now. Yeah, you've been waiting for for two months for this. Apparently, uh, yeah, we had the Chicago Cubs convention uh, Boo. a week and a half ago now. Uh, Boo. Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Uh, I think uh, two now two off seasons of mediocre signings and uh, an eighty four win team last year has led to a, a very ugly Cubs convention, which is very uh, not consistent with the Cubs brand in many ways that we've seen over the last couple of decades. Um, a lot of booing, as you pointed Ooh. out. Uh, the funniest thing is uh, Tom Ricketts got booed, who is the man who has spent more money on <laughs> Cubs players than anyone in history you know that's, uh, a, that's a very good point i didn't even think about it from that point he's probably the last guy that should be booed he's paid for i mean i'm biased but the most beautiful 
stadium that's ever existed and now is completely enhanced and just an awesome place to go. It was already great. And it's just, it's even better. He's paid over a billion dollars for that. Billion. The other funny part is the, the booing came at the announcement of the marquee network, which should be one of the coolest things on television uh, for any, well, definitely for Northside next, fans, but next to Disney plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, so I feel like the, the Cubs Cubs fans angst was a, I get it, but it was kind of expressed at a, at a weird time and it was kind of misguided to go after Ricketts and the, and the marquee network. The, uh, I, I think, I think part of it was, I think part of it. Yeah. I think part of it was how he had kind of brought it out in a, shockingly tone deaf way which you'd think you'd think <laughs> an organization like that would ha- you know being tone deaf would be the last thing they would have they would suffer from but when uh to paraphrase Rickett said something like you know we want to be we want to have the best relationship with our fans of any sports organization in any sport and the way we're going to do that is with the marquee network and that, that's, yeah, that's how he announced it. And it's like, I, I get what he's going for, but all he had to do is add like half a sentence before that. Just say the way we're going to do that is continue to pour money into the, into the on-field pro- product and win world championships. And part of that is the marquee network. And I think that that would have gotten a much different reaction from angry yeah. Cubs fans but with the thing I the thing I I do kind of like about that I mean part of it is yes it, it it's going to raise your cable subscription five bucks or whatever but uh for the people that are really upset about that you've been paying for Cubs games for ever since you got a cable TV uh NBC Sport NBC Chicago that you've been paying for that you're, you're still paying for White Sox games actually so Cubs fans you need to calm down a little bit about that um, what I do kind of like about it is uh, obviously based on my nature, as some of you know, I've, I've got angst about baseball and a lot of things. And I, I, that's, that's one thing that Cubs fans traditionally have not had, which is annoying to me in a lot of ways that, you know, cubby blue skies, you know, everything, yep. you know, seeing everything through rainbow color, cubby blue glasses, um, yep. that I think is gone. And I think that is I don't, I'm not going to miss that at all. I think that that's awesome. Actually, that, that the team and the owner, the benevolent owner is being held accountable for what amounts to a mediocre team on the field right now. And we're not going to put up with it anymore. So I think that in a way, an ugly Cubs Cubs convention is, is kind of a positive in my mind, my warped asshole mind, I guess, but I don't know. I don't know what it, I'm sure you had fun watching watching events uh, unfold. So what, what I, were your thoughts? My thoughts were uh, pretty much like what, what you said. And, uh, you know, Dan Bernstein had written an article pre-Cub convention that basically outlined that exact sentiment that the Cubs are really in this weird state because, you know, prior to winning the World Series and, and before Theo showed up, there was always this, lovable losers thing and people enjoyed that and you bring out the Fergie Jenkinses and and the Ron Santos and 
you know, and everyone liked that. There was this whole nostalgia thing and they were able to get away with it. And Harry Carey was there and Steve Stone and all that. And you, you kind of had this like, almost like, it was almost like a mascot convention, you know, yeah. but people were like, like it was or like going to like the Disneyland of a baseball thing where yeah. it's like all these, all these guys in costumes for the most part. Cause they're not on the team. Cause no one cared all that much about the players on the team. It was more about these old, these veterans. And then, Theo came in and you had that whole phase of, of optimism that led to, which was, which was good. That everyone had optimism. It wasn't wasted because they won the world championship. Yeah. By the way, uh, we did win a world series. Yes. Won the world championship 2016. Then, you know, you had a very good next year. And I believe, you know, you said it, he's like, you're, and, and, and you're, you're right. Whoa. Just yanked on my earphones. Easy. You're right. Like, um, you know, like if the worst thing that happens to the Cubs uh, in the next few years is that they make it to the um, NLCS, you know, again and and come up a little short, you know, you feel like they're going to bust through and make it to the World Series eventually again. But then what happened is like they fell off the table and you, you can only summarize last year as a huge disappointment. And again, like, Ricketts getting booed, I, I agree. And we both have the same exact thought. He's booed on how he presented it. Yeah. I also think he got kind of booed, and I didn't mention this last time. Uh, I forgot to. But I think there's this weird animosity of where am I going to have to go to watch this network? That's a good point, yeah. And and I think the booing there is like, am I going to have to worry about switching providers? Is I mean, it it, it in a way, it it sort of benefits Comcast to not pick it up. Well, because, because they still have the Hawks and, and the Bulls and the White Sox on their station. It's not, it's not a matter of the whole thing comes down to, it comes out of money. It's not a matter of picking them up or not. No, no. It's how much more it's going to be charged. And the Cubs are fighting, Cubs are fighting for it to be the lowest charge to the customer where Comcast is probably coming and saying, Hey, it's going to be 10 bucks more. And that, you know, well, wow, that might not be realistic, but it's going to happen. And I understand, I mean, you brought up first world problems before, but yeah, complaining about, Oh, where am I going to find my, my Cubs network? Am I going to have to subscribe to Hulu now? Yeah. So that's again, a little misguided, but I I think you're right. I think that definitely has something to do with it. I, I am, I wouldn't say frustrated. I'm curious to see, like, I, you know, I cut the cord two years ago and I'm in YouTube TV. Um, I'm, I've heard that streaming services are a done deal. Like that's an easy negotiation. Those are, those are going to happen, which is cool with me. So com- obviously though, the majority of Cubs fans or people in Chicago are on Comcast. So that is, that is the main thing that, that people are having trouble with. I just, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, and they're, they're kind of running out of time. February 22nd is, is the launch date. And yeah. what is this January 27th right now? So it, yep. I mean, it, it's crazy that they don't have these, these things they locked down yet. Yeah. Well, and, and every, and part of the, part of the booing probably was like, I thought there'd be all sorts of announcements of concrete contracts signed and where are you going to be able to do that? And, you know, there's no information about that yet. And, you know, that was, that was almost a week and a half ago and there's still no information. So that, that's, that's, that's interesting, but 
I I don't know. I th- I think it's going to be awesome once once it's all cleared out and figured out. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I mean, I mean, if I if I were gonna and back to booing, like, <laughs> I mean, if I'm gonna boo someone. I'm gonna boo Theo Epstein. Of course, if I'm there. No, no, but leader. especially, but especially when he gets up there and says, "Well, you know, uh, the sabermetric said we should have won 90 games, and we only won 84." Yeah, guess what? Real life, you won 80 fucking four games. So who cares what it said? I like your, your impression team of did Theo. Not, your That's team did not impression. deliver a dead eye. Right? Hold on, I'll do it. <laughs> Well, um, you know, when you <laughs> yeah, look that's, that's at the sabermetrics Four, and what we were projected, six. we were projected to win 90 games and definitely underperformed this year. No fucking shit, dude. Just because the paper says it, that, that would mean then like it's written in stone. Nomar Mazzara <laughs> and Nick Castellinos say. are the same fucking player because it's on a piece of paper. Yeah, so it is. You get, so that it's done. You are Theo Epstein. Yeah, I am Theo Epstein. So, like, like again, I'm with you in the fact like we both agree Ricketts got booed because he didn't add like you know the most that. important thing is the relationship with the fans and how are we going to continue to make that a good relationship? We're going to continue to invest in the team we're gonna our goal is going to remain to be world champions and part of that and part of the way to invest into the team is by launching the marquee network there you go i don't hear any booze you should have been at cubs convention this year you would have been fine i I think i need a job as his fucking writer jesus would they even let you into a cubs convention they would. You, you've got to be on some kind of list by now. I am not on any list. <laughs> I'm fun. You know, I'm fun at a Cubs game. <laughs> I am fun at a Cubs game. Come all on, remember, right. remember, remember the remember the game with all the betting. Uh, Sosa's going to strike out. Oh it was God. me, you, and Pat McDonald. Uh, oh, on first base side, and all, yeah. I, all the all all Jesus, that was had, a long time he, ago. All he had to do was like tip the ball or anything i would have lost like 40 dollars. instead i got 40 dollars from those people in front of us because he struck out swinging strike is what i said uh, that's the only thing he could have done I back when baseball dupe innocent cubs fans back in the early 2000s mm, i'm still thinking the bleachers that are around the fifth inning depending on everyone's condition even yeah, my own no one's could maybe bet- dupe some people too no one's betting out there they're not even paying attention at that point no that's true um so <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, Hall of Fame, man. Oh, you want to tra- transition to Hall of Fame? That was well. Really I don't other... think there's. I mean, we could, we could. Oh, wait, we should. I, you know what, listeners, I apologize. Breaking news is is going to be coming through any day now. The the Cubs are on the on the cusp of signing a superstar. Smitty, you know who that superstar is? I have no idea what you're talking about. Scooter Jeanette, Steve and. Steven Swayze Jr., right? Oh, Souza. I think he already signed. Souza. Oh, did he think, sign? Yeah, he's he signed. Oh, the he new, signed. The new <laughs> breathtaking rumor is Scooter Jeanette. I saw Scooter Jeanette. So, yeah, buckle up. Apparently, the Reds have swept in and uh, made sure Castellanos wasn't coming back uh, yes. for your deal today. Um, today. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't. I missed that he because I know it was pending a physical and. There was probably concern that his leg was just going to fall off during the physical or something. Yeah, considering so, considering you destroyed every possible ligament and tendon or whatever else is in your knee, is was re- basically removed in an injury last year. I uh, just want to congratulate 
the Cubs on that signing then. And I want to congratulate Theo and Jed on doing a very Kenny Williams type signing. So thank you. It was very, very good signing. Yeah. At least they didn't trade away their number one prospect for James Shields. Uh, and a box of balls, dude. <laughs> hey, let, let's we got we got to stop talking about Chicago baseball. We got to get to a broader, broader, more petty subject. All actually. right, let's go there. The, the 2020 Hall of Fame class was announced a week and a, almost two weeks ago now, probably um, with Derek Jeter getting in and Larry Walker. Uh, an interesting combination there. Larry Walker, so deserving of the Hall. Like what? More I than mean, Harold Baines, perhaps. But well, that's definitely that's, probably just a, a little bit more than Harold Baines. But that was going to be my main comment about the Hall of Fame. I pretty much have checked out on all the Hall of Fame stuff. I kind of don't care about it. I mean, they they put they put Alan Trammell in. That was probably the last. Or Jack Morris. I paid attention to that. And, you know, when they put Harold Baines in, it's like what what are we doing here? Like what what is this? And now. Now Larry Walker gets in. I, I, I'm, I saw. I thought he was a steroids guy, but apparently not. Like the, I the thought, main, I main was pretty sure he was. Uh, the the big thing I think everybody liked him, so he's not a steroids guy. Is how this all comes out. But the other the other big thing that people had issues with is all his numbers were put up at Coors Field, which <laughs> is just a ridiculous launch pad. Um, the the big controversy that came out of the class, which also makes me not want to pay any attention to the Hall of Fame anymore, is poor Derek Jeter was not elected unanimous. <laughs> you know, I, I think Yankees fans failed to realize he actually did get voted into the Hall of Fame. Yes. They were distraught that not every single person did. At the same time, what asshole isn't voting for Derek Jeter to get in? Uh-uh. <laughs> You know, on his first ballot, oh, he's not he's not Hall of Fame worthy. The only justification I could possibly give to that is that it's a protest that Lou Whitaker has not been put into the Hall of Fame because Ooh. he does have a higher career war than Derek Jeter does, and yet he is not in. Wow. Maybe so, maybe it was someone the, from the Boston Globe or something. <laughs> yeah, it's the only possible explanation that I could see, like, not voting, if, if, other than just being a dick and saying, I, I don't want anyone to be uni- – unanimously voted in other than Mariano Rivera last year, which, you know, it's like the whole cat's out of the bag now, you know, since there has been a unanimous inductee, like, yeah, who, who cares? Like, it's just, it's just all junior high stupidity is, is what it's come down to. It's a popularity yeah. contest. You know, if you, you know, they hold steroids against some players, but not against others based on if they were, if they were cool to the writers in the locker room yeah, after game. Right. Like, right. And that, I mean, that's why bombs isn't in. Exactly. He was a dick to people. Yeah, I mean it's it's obvious. So if if you were nice, and that's why Big Poppy's going to get in, no problem, because he was the nicest guy in the world. But he he's yeah. got a positive test. I mean he he does. He, he was on the Mitchell report. So I mean Bonds is close now because he was like at sixty. He was at sixty percent this year, so he's gotten much closer. But yeah, closer. I mean it's it's all it's but all it's, just. It's, it's, it's it's it is it is it's it's like uh it's like it, it is it's like high school grade school whatever it's like uh, v- voting for the prom king and queen yeah, yeah. or the prom or multiple prom kings here whatever like it's just like again love Harold Baines huge White Sox fan nicest guy never pictured him in the Hall of Fame in my life <laughs> and I was okay with that I really was I was okay with that. 
What would be Where's, like a what, what would be like a modern day equivalent of of somebody that's playing right now on the on the Sox or the or the Cubs that would be put into the Hall of Fame that you'd be like, what? Like, I'm thinking, uh, uh, let's see, Jason Hayward. Yeah, like well, because yeah, he's, he's a, I mean, he's a nice guy. He's he he'll never have like. At one point, yeah. he may have been on his but, way to yeah, that type of career, but he's he's a good guy. He doesn't. He doesn't ruffle any feathers. Everyone likes him. He gave the greatest speech ever in 2016. Maybe that'll get him in the hall. But um, I, I'm thinking more like Aaron Rowan. You know, oh, it's you like, know that? I mean, that's I, uh, like he's he's but but he's Bain's a good played, player. But there's no way he's a Hall of Famer. But he's a really I mean, solid player. Like Baines played for a shit ton of years, though. It would have to be someone like that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, Aaron Rowan's like too too short lived. I. It'd like kept like, running his face into offenses. Well, yeah, right, exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure if I thought about it more, uh, there's probably like a, a list on both sides of town we could come up with. But like, uh, I, yeah, I, but like, I think, um, I think the whole this whole Hall of Fame talk kind of transitions well into asshole of the week conversation. If you want to get into that, yeah, let's do it. Um, I mean, you could go in so many directions at this point and there's so much, so many assholeish things have happened in this off season, especially with the, the, the cheating scandals and everything else. I, I could, I wanted to bring up one thing. I don't think, I'm not sure if this is my nomination, but you know, the whole, the whole idea that the sign stealing scandal is kind of ridiculous when it, when it comes down to it, why can't, in 150 years of baseball, why can't we figure out a different way to signal what pitch is coming? Or why, why can't we figure out a way where visual aids, any kind of technology, you know, make your make your signs more complicated? I don't know. Make the signs come from multiple people. I, it's not my job to figure this out, but how can we not figure this out? You know, teams have now known. I mean, teams have known forever that people are trying to steal signs, but. They just assume when somebody isn't on second base that nobody's looking, so they don't have to throw down multiple signs. Like, right? How stupid! I I feel like we give our athletes and our sports organizations too much credit. Like thinking these are, you know, this these people are brilliant in their field and they've thought through all these things. And there's no possible way, you know, you could you could do anything better than what they're doing. And then you see stuff like this is like, how, how do we not have a better system? Like, uh, th- you know, who knows what it what it, I've I can't answer what it is, but there's got to be a way you can tell a pitcher what sign, what what pitch to throw without putting one finger down or two fingers down. Like, yeah, come on, guys, let's 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 grow up here. Let's let's get a little bit sophisticated. You know, I might maybe it comes to technology. You know, technology started this whole thing. Maybe maybe they have, you know, something. Maybe you put something in your wristband that you know the catcher can communicate to the pitcher. You know, of course, they, then you get into, you know, hacking that kind of stuff or to steal. But it just seems ridiculous that we're coming down to, you know, the whole thing is with a, a camera in center field seeing the signs. And now the technology is good enough that they I can mean, communicate that to people on the bench that can communicate it to the guy yeah. in the batter's box. Like, well, I mean, let's you use that technology down, on the other yeah. on the other direction. I mean, you could do like you could do it like fucking football if you wanted to. You could. There doesn't have to be like a huge headset. They could have like an ear, an ear pod in their fucking ear. That's do it like old. do it, yeah, like do basketball like, outside corner. Okay, do it, do it like Oregon does, like or used to, where they had like four pictures. One would be like Daffy Duck, oh, and yeah, then one right. picture yeah, would be yeah, like yeah. of a of a supermodel, and just have just 
make it more complicated. Like, let's do this. Like, you moron. So uh, maybe I will. I, I, I'm worked up now. So I'm going to name nominate the history, all of Major League Baseball, for not being more innovative with their signs. You are, you are my assholes of the week. Yeah, and I'm I'm I think that yeah I think the assholes of the week is whether it's made it's it's every team that has their sign stolen. Yeah, yeah the Dodgers are the Dodgers are fucking assholes. They're yeah. the ones who let it happen. They definitely knew it was happening. So yeah, so so you're gonna you're gonna just sit there and you 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 can't huddle up and be like and be like hey you know this is. This is happening. We got to well, do something more complicated. Hey, Danny, this. I got to give you guys. Oh, I'm giving the White Sox way too much credit. Oh, so, yeah, I got to give Danny Farquhar was the first one that that at least on the internet. Uh, I think it was John Boy saw that he he figured out exactly what was happening. He could hear the the banging on the dugout top or whatever it was at that point. Yeah, and he saw it. Like they're stealing our something. Like they're they're signaling something. And I think he was the first to figure it out. That was in 2017. That was obviously well before the playoffs started. Nobody, nobody could figure it out after that. Like, are you kidding yeah, me? Because he was getting lit up on a pitch that had he'd been dominating hitters with all year. Who had like a, I think it was his like a, a cutaway slider or something that was like they were batting like like less than a hundred against him when he was throwing it. So he's like, how the fuck are these guys like lighting me up on my out pitch, yeah. right? So. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, it, it's the archaic side of Major League Baseball that is to blame for all of this. It really is. Um, I think as technology advances, then so should your delivery of information to your players. It clearly and, has not. And it has not. And that allowed people to cheat in, in the illegal fashion. Not the okay fashion, which is, you know, you, you've, they've been stealing signs forever. So you just use your signs to steal right. their signs and communicate out to your team. Whether it was like the, I think a common thing at second base is when you, a fastball was being thrown, the second, the second base, the, the runner at second base would just like, like, you know, maybe like wipe his brow or put his helmet up and down and then hit her new to look for a fastball. Like, of course, of course, according to Ryan Braun, the Brewers have never stolen a sign from second base. Did you hear that whole thing? No. At their festival. He, he said he was trying to defend. I forget how I didn't see how the question actually came up, but his quote was that the Brewers have never stolen a sign from second base. No. Oh, well, that's shame on them then. But that's from second base. Like they were <laughs> from every other possible angle. Cause which is curious because of the home road splits for Christian Yelich that are just otherworldly. I, I don't know if there's ever been home road splits like what Yelich had before he got hurt. Uh, so, th- I mean, that's why that comes up with Milwaukee. And of course, coming from Ryan Braun, like the, the least credible person to be talking about anything. Yeah. About I mean, she- yeah. It's so gross. And the, especially the way he phrased it, it's just, oh my God, just shut the hell up. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you have any nominations for your Hail of the Week? We've got no, so many. No, I, I, we had already, we had already discussed this last time and I was in a, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I mean, the Astros did what they did. I don't think 
they're the assholes for it. I think it's every team and who let it happen, who's not smart enough, which is amazing, who's not smart enough to say, well, we have to do something differently or they're going to continue to light up our pitching staff. So shame on you. Yeah. All righty then. Yeah. So hopefully this thing recorded. Well, we'll uh, find out soon enough. Yeah. Uh, good to be back. Good to be talking baseball for the first time. I don't. I looked at it. We didn't do a show since before Thanksgiving, so it's been two months. So this is it's good to be talking baseball in January. We've got uh, pitchers and catchers reporting in like I think it's just over two weeks. Yep, just kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll have there'll be more news. Hopefully, some news about the Chris Bryant grievance hearing. Uh, Somehow that has still not been resolved, but as soon as that is, maybe we'll do an emergency podcast for that. We might. We might hear that he he won and he's been traded to Colorado and Aaron Dondo's on the Cubs or something. I don't well, know. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, there's going to be lots of news coming up, so we'll be talking to you guys soon. All right. Peace out. Peace. S-S-H-O-L-E. Everybody, And I'm proud of